gone, I've cleaned my teeth, put a bit of lipstick on, I've brushed my hair, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you feel good, you want to do that first. And welcome to episode 77 of Art Juice. This is honest, generous, and humorous conversations to feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Louise Fletcher. And me, Alice Sheridan. And yay! today, yay, we did it. That was like the fifth attempt at that introduction. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about, um, well, exhibiting online, showing work online, prompted by... Alice's recent experience with Open Studios and I just was inspired and excited by it and I had some questions for her. So we're going to talk about that. First of all though, Alice, what's this week been all about for you? Um, it's quite hot, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite hot. Um, I have been packing and packing and wrapping um, the pieces that sold at the weekend, which is a rather, it's a rather nice job, but because I use all recycled materials. And so basically I have a cardboard box collection and I reformat them into the right sizes because I would love to get to the stage where I can order cardboard boxes that are exactly the right size for it. But, but then I changed my mind about what size paintings I want to make. And then I'd be stuck with 50 cardboard boxes that were the wrong the wrong size for it so it's quite an exercise in three-dimensional engineering which <laughs> I quite enjoy but it does mean that the it takes a little bit longer and the dining room looks I, w I, w I would say it looks like an Amazon packing zone but it doesn't because that's probably orderly and has a system <laughs> yeah. <and> I don't <laughs> um, but yeah that's what I've been doing but um, it's nice I like it um, but I'm thinking now about you know finding new packing materials for next time but it's part and parcel of what happens when you sell directly online which is what we're going to be talking about so that's kind of what I've been doing um can't believe it's Thursday already don't know where the week went that's it I have been back in the studio oh when did you go well um I was there on Sunday uh, working on some big ones and then I went yesterday really early in the morning and people are obviously back at work again a bit because it was a good thing I was there early to get a space um a parking space but um yeah so I took off the wall all the finished ones but just rested them because somebody's coming back to look at some because I realized that I was splashing paint a bit round a little bit too liberally on Sunday where I had some finished ones alongside some ones in progress and I thought this is going to get dangerous so <laughs> so I have moved all the finished ones over to one side and I've got quite a few in progress that I've now put together and regrouped you know how when you regroup things sometimes you think that you've got lots of diff disparate different work and then when you put it all together, you start to see the common threads. Yeah. And so I'm kind of quite excited about finding what those common threads are and pushing some of them in a more abstract direction. Yeah. So it's fun, actually. I'm, I'm enjoying that. So you mean away from, away from any hint of landscape? There are, there are three middle-sized ones that are very definitely quite landscapey still. And I think those might stay, but... Um, is really pushing the color connections, and I'm 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 still just thinking about what 
size substrates I want to order next. But I, I've got more sketchbook work to do before I before I decide on that. I think so. I, I should be in a pause zone, but I'm not. I'm I'm back into painting, and it's fun because it doesn't feel like I've got anything coming up, so I can make a whole load of mess, and it really doesn't matter. Yeah, that is nice. I I can't tell if we've got anything coming up. Like, is the Manchester Art Fair happening? Just something that won't happen, or is it going to happen? Know. No word from us? them. Nobody's no. nobody's asked for extra deposits. Nobody said it is. Nobody said it's delayed. Yeah. You think so, they would have at least written an email saying, "Honestly, we've got no idea, but as soon as we know, we'll yeah. let you all know." Yeah. At um, some point since February. Yeah, since they've had our <laughs> deposit. Yeah. all that time I was really surprised at the lack of professionalism in just responding and just letting everybody know yeah. I assume they don't know because the venue was taken over as a hospital and whether it is now returned from not being a, you know perhaps they don't know if they can do it but that that's easy to write in an email it, yep. you know we're, we're waiting for information yeah as my hairdresser did when she rang me up um, and said that I was apparently uh well, I knew this, my haircut was scheduled for the day lockdown took effect and they had called me on the Friday and told me they had to cancel it because they were having to shut. So she rang me up and said, since you were booked in on that day, do you want to come back for an appointment on the first day we open? Woohoo! So, um, That's a nice Saturday, way of doing it. Yeah, so Saturday, July the 4th, at nine in the morning, I will be the first experiment in, the, I don't think, I think I'm the first customer which is good because if anyone else is bringing the germs in, I'll, I can get out of there before. <laughs> but the only thing is we have to wear masks and I don't know how that goes with doing around your ears and things. Oh, maybe anyway. you'll have to hold it up and just unhook the little bit yeah. around your ear. Or maybe you'll end up with um, Einstein ear fluff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe they'll say you have to do that bit yourself. Well, I had heard they weren't going to be allowed to blow dry because that would blow you know that would obviously but she didn't say that um, oh. and I don't mind she she never dries it the way I like it anyway she cuts it really nicely but I never I always come home and wet it and dry it myself anyway does she, so. does she puff it up that's what my mum always says when she goes no she she, she kind of does the opposite she kind of like flat, pushes it all down and I look like fryer talk I don't know she does <laughs> something funny <laughs> but anyway my exciting hair news from the week apart from that is that I cut my husband's hair Oh yeah. Something I have never done in my life because finally you could buy clippers. I have yes. been trimming it a bit with scissors and it was doing okay, but then it was getting out of control and he's got curly hairs and he always has it very short. So you don't know it's curly, but as it grew, it was getting a bit wild and crazy. And then clippers came back and stock on Amazon. So I ordered some, watched a few YouTube videos and then it was funny. I, I, he sat in the garden while I did it to avoid making a mess. And I was saying things like, well, at first he was going, I'm not being funny, but this really hurts. It don't feel like yeah. this at the hairdressers. Well, I'd forgotten to move away with the clippers. So I was cutting into his head for the first part. But anyway, once I got the hang of moving away with the clippers, I loved it. I want to cut more people's hair. I know. Like, it's lovely. I, I could see doing it as a part-time thing. And his hair looks pretty good. I was... It's it's really, really satisfying. I, I, I mean, I do a mix. I've always I've done the kids for a while, but my dad is um, has this lovely white Father Christmas hair now. But until recently, he's had it really quite short, really almost shaved at the side. And it's just so soft. You just want to stroke it like a lovely. <laughs> and it's lovely. I love doing his with the clippers. Yeah, it's great. 
I, I can't wait till it's really short now. So I'm like, oh, it's not growing any. I want to have another go. <laughs> and he said, well, this, you know, I think it looks nicer than when he goes to the hairdresser. And, yeah. um, you know, if I had the time, I think I would do it because it's good fun. Maybe I will. Maybe yeah. I'll cut his hair all the you time. Then. I wish I'd have it. Anyway, put a so that sign was... up in the lane and say hairdressing done here nobody surprisingly the other people I've offered just kind of veer away from me <laughs> I'm like there with my clippers do you want me to have a go no it's all right thanks <laughs> yeah so that was really the two most exciting things about my from my week apart from I finished teaching the free course so that was eight days and uh, it ended up being about eleven and a half thousand people about 500 mm. more than last time madness um, it, and, and that group was manageable given what I was doing. So I wasn't promising individual attention. So it seemed to go really well. And having the help of several, like 28 ex-students, as I said before, that was, a, that was really good. And they actually really enjoyed it. Um, apart from a couple who, who emailed me quite reasonably and said, this is more than I expected and you know, I can't cope with it, which is totally obviously fine. But I was surprised that for many of them, they really enjoyed it and got a lot out of just helping other people. Well, it's a nice thing, isn't it? If, if you're involved with something and you know what it is and what it does for people and you're, you're doing it as a one-off, it's a nice thing to be able to, to help people. I, yes. I I love it. I think I think to create that kind of environment and atmosphere is a really nice thing to be able to do. But I must admit, I was watching you thinking, that's quite a lot of people. It was quite a lot of people, but <laughs> I, I did thoroughly enjoy it, although being very tired. And amazingly, I mean, I had a couple of people sending me quite, you know, mean-spirited emails about what they were disappointed about which always amazes me if you've done something for free yeah. and it's disappointing which I've done before and you're disappointed with it you just think well it was free you know and then you just move on but to actually complain about something that's free strikes me as really really odd I've done but, paid things that are disappointing yeah yeah lots of them but but my point of mentioning that is it might have been five or six emails out of eleven and a half thousand people the rest were all, if anybody sent me an email to say thank you and I didn't write back to you personally, I'm sorry, I'm still working through them because there's so many um, that are just saying thank you and it just takes a long time to write unless I'm going to cut and paste something, which I don't want to do. So I'm writing back to each person. But thank you very much for all the lovely emails. It, it makes it all worthwhile when you get those messages from people. Yeah. So, so that have was you got, Have you got a little bit of a pause? Have you given your? Have you got a little bit of a pause between it finishing and starting on the real one? Have you little at least bit. given yourself a day? Yeah, I've got a little bit. So, um, I, I slightly underestimated how many people were going to sign up for the full course, which means the there's a gap of two weeks basically. Oh, okay, that's quite. But this week is not a gap because it's a constant. Um, until the day this comes out, actually, um, it's for sale. So people are asking me questions. I've got to answer those. People are signing up, and then I have to get them into the Facebook group, and uh, they're making comments within the website where the course is hosted. So I have to answer those comments so that people don't feel they've joined, and then it's all silence. So this is a busy week, but then next week apart from a welcome call on the Friday evening, I don't have anything apart from just getting 
bits of content ready. I am actually re-recording everything, um, the videos that I do for lessons. I don't want them to look like it's last, you know, I don't want it to be last year. I want it to be now. So I'm going to re-record those. So I'll have that to do each week. But that's that's easy. It's not, it's not, it's not burdensome. Easy because you've done it before. So let's move on to our main topic, which I'm really interested in. So the reason I thought of this for our topic was I was in the middle of doing all that, trying to stay in touch and follow what you were doing, that some of your things happened at the same time as I was doing things. I couldn't watch them live. But basically, Alice was having, um, she mentioned last week, open studios, but because of course, um, theirs is called artists at home and this time it was artists stay at home and it was all done online and like many of these events are around the country but I was less interested in what the overall open studios was doing and more interested in what you were doing because you obviously had set up your own whole thing and it made it into a proper online event and it just while I was watching it like the evening I would catch up with what you'd done in the day and it was just sparking all these ideas for me. It was like little, and Phil was going, remember you're busy at the moment, just write them down. Because <laughs> I'd be like, I was going, oh, and then I could, and then I could, and then I could. And he was like, write it down. <laughs> I think so, it was really interesting because there were so many things that I thought I wanted to do, or and I kept having ideas. I kept thinking of like, oh, this would be fun. I could add this in midway so that you really make it something that develops as you go along and actually I only did that on one occasion which I'll I'll talk through in a minute but yeah. I thought there's more that I could even add it in to have made it I think me even more evolving which which could have been really fun but just to give people the 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 backstory to it because um the way so traditionally our artists at home has the the artists have uh, you have five or six images that are online on the website in advance people come to your house to have a look at them they can contact you via your website this year what they did is they had all the images kind of held behind a login so people couldn't see them in advance and it was going to be revealed on the Friday night but as far as I could make out and I haven't been involved with their website this year there was going to be no live element other than images being revealed on a website and I just thought that just just doesn't seem as much fun as what we normally have everybody coming around and being together so what's the closest that I can get to replicate that and I've had a number of practical considerations that I needed to take in take into mind while I was doing that so the first thing was uh, we've all been living at home with nobody coming to our house for three months and the house is a mess so uh, I couldn't do it all from home and I didn't want to tidy their whole house and the big paintings are stored at the studio so that was a problem because I couldn't do like a virtual show of all the work together because it's not it's not living together I don't have space to display it at home so that was a bit of a problem so I yeah. had to work out how I was going to split that um, second problem is that I don't have wi-fi at the studio oh so 
I did a little test, which I think is still on my page, where I tried doing it through a streaming system and using my phone as a tether. And it just didn't work. The quality was appalling. So I had to ditch that. But I did a Facebook Live just on my phone signal. And that worked okay. So I had a mix of different things throughout the weekend, which was quite good to work as a totally different test. And then I had to shoehorn them shoehorn them into the right day and right time so what's going to be the most helpful way of talking about this do you think well the the things i think that's a real so so what i saw was you had a preview evening so there was there was an invite to subscribers to your mailing list to come to the preview which was i'm assuming was that just you live on facebook or i had two things so i had um preview access to the work so all the new work i had put up on my website so i'd created a page but it wasn't yet publicly available in the menu so you could only find that page if you had a link to it yeah so that link went out in advance to subscribers only so they got 24 hours access so they got access on the thursday evening they could have a look at the work in peace and quiet without everybody having a look at it so that went out on Thursday evening and then on Friday which would be the day of the normal first open evening that's when I had a I invited again subscribers only because I didn't want to put it out publicly only to my email list everybody to come and join me on a group zoom call right which has a limit on numbers yeah so um, if you have a free Zoom account, I think you're limited to 40 minutes with more than two people. Um, but I'm, I'm limited still to how many people I can have. So this is interesting. So I set it up with a waiting room because I thought that might be a little bit more security conscious and I could let people in. And I don't know, I thought maybe I'd check their names or something, but it didn't... <laughs> That was crazy because I really needed a little assistant to sit and kind of say, admit this person. I should have just had it open. Yeah. I I should have just had this, had it open. I don't know what happens if somebody comes into Zoom and you want to boot them out. But I don't know. It was a little bit of um, worry thinking, which didn't really have a place to be there. This, This link wasn't available. It wasn't, you know, posted on my Instagram link. I don't think that would be a safe thing to do necessarily. Yeah. Only going to subscribers, it was safe enough. And it would have been better if it had just been without that waiting room option, I think. What what I found so inspiring, and then so throughout the weekend, you did these tours of the work and that these are the things I saw on your page afterwards. And for anybody listening to this who didn't see it, you can go to alicesheridan.com and have a look because she's still got the pages open it's really interesting what i found so inspiring was because i've told you north yorkshire was doing a virtual open studios and their way of doing it was to have every artist make a video about their work and they were all edited and then they were released at certain times and then i'm sure artists also did similar things to you separately but i wasn't able to follow enough to know what everybody was doing individually the videos were lovely right? They were really well edited. They were, the ones I saw were interesting. You know, pe- it's always lovely to see inside someone's studio and they're showing you their process and their sculptors and there's, there's all sorts of different types of art. So it was interesting. However, what I realized was having the video edited is a, is a barrier between 
me and the experience. And when I watched you, even though I was watching it recorded after the fact, the fact that you were walking up to paintings with a handheld camera and saying and touching them and showing little bits of them and explaining why you loved them. That was the part that really got to me. You were saying why you loved a specific painting, what you really enjoyed in it. And so there was something, even though I was watching it back, because it wasn't edited, it must Mm. be that's the only difference between Mm. the two, because it wasn't professional in the sense of having music at the beginning and titles coming, because it was you in your home showing me what you loved about your art. I felt more like buying now I was in no mental state to make any decisions about buying anything so I wasn't up for that at this time but I definitely thought wow there's a totally different feeling to these two experiences and so that was the first thing I felt like we've talked a lot about story before you were really telling a story or painting a picture you you were creating an experience and all it was was I presume you and your phone or you in a little camera it wasn't any great fancy production and it the, was so good yeah the I think you make a really interesting point and that whole thing about doing a video in advance of your work that was on my list I swear it has been in my list my notebook for four weeks make a preview <laughs> video move it on to next week make a preview <laughs> video move it on to next week you know of all of that stuff but I think often then when you do it, it is quite generic. Yeah. It's general about your work and the way you're doing. And it's almost, almost based on like the film term for it is B-roll stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's B-roll film that just kind of sets the scene and sets the mood. And I think it, it's good uh, to give people a taster. And, but I think there's, I don't know, there's nothing like feeling like you're doing something live and it is a little and it was totally I had no notes I didn't plan in advance what I was going to do or say for anything all I had was this division between Saturday was going to be small paintings at home because that's where they were and I tidied up one room in the house and Sunday was going to be large paintings at the studio that was the only division but in terms of the technology um, because I was going to do small paintings on Saturday and Honestly, the focus was going to be on let's get these paintings sold on Saturday because um, that's what the event is for. It's lovely to have you all watching, but I also want to sell work, obviously. Um, but Thursday and Friday had gone quite well. And on Saturday, there weren't quite so many small paintings left to show and talk about. And I personally think it's a bit annoying when somebody shows you something and they're talking about it and you think, oh, I love that. I want to go, but oh, it's sold. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that. So I didn't want to talk about any of the paintings that had already sold at that point, which may or may not be a limiting thought on my part. Um, So, and I said to everybody, I would be doing a live stream at three o'clock. And I thought, well, I've only maybe got five paintings that I can show them. So what I did was I, I did it separate. So on the Saturday morning, and, and if it's come off my menu now, we'll put the link in the show notes, but you can find it at alicesheridan.com slash artists at home. Although um, if you're listening a year in the future, that might be 
gone. A new link. Yeah, I might have copied that page somewhere else. But on the, the first one was simply a Facebook Live from my mobile. So it was me talking to camera horizontally and you can switch the screen between you and away. So that was the first one on Saturday where I did actually show people the small paintings that were still available close up. And, and then later in the day, I had a slightly different thing. Yes, then I, yes which I was great. Pivoted. Yeah, that, so then you did a painting demo. Yeah. Which was excellent to watch, especially, again, I think for buyers... Uh, for other artists, it's interesting, of course. We always like watching other people work. But I thought, again, letting buyers in to the decision-making process that goes into a painting. Um, so if you're a little bit more insecure about buying art, which a lot of people are, is it good or am I buying something rubbish? I like it, but will other people think I'm an idiot? You know, people who care about that kind of thing are insecure sometimes about picking something. Hearing you go through why you were making the decisions, I bet, helped buyers to understand, oh, okay, so it's not just, you know, splodges that I happen to like. If you, if you, I'm thinking of my mum in particular, because she's told me this before, that she, she like a painting, but she, she wouldn't dare buy it, because I, I don't know if it's any good or not. Um, and there's some insecurity there. So I liked that for that reason. But just to go back to something you said, because I think this was probably a missed opportunity, although it didn't matter because you did so well anyway. But I think so, talking about the sold paintings would have done two things. It, it gives social proof. Again, it gives proof to a person like my mom that, oh, yeah. She's successful. People like it. It's not just me. Yeah. And, um, but you, again, you don't have this problem because you have a big mailing list of people who already know and like your work. Um, but I'm thinking of other people perhaps yeah. who might do something like this. I think showing that is it's like when we put red dots up at an art fair or a gallery, it just says, okay, you're safe to buy something from this person. And um, the other thing it does is it creates a bit of a scarcity thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Ooh, they're going fast. But I suppose if you didn't want to disappoint people, one way to do that would be just to pan the camera around to a big stack of soul paintings and say, I'm not going to tempt you by showing you things that are already sold. Yeah. So these are the ones that are already gone. Yeah. Um, and you don't even have to say, don't delay, because th <laughs> things are moving fast, because you've already kind of said it when you show them the pile. Yeah, and to to be... If that social proof thing is important and people could see that if they were interested and they clicked through to the page they could exactly. see all the work that was available and they could see that some had some had already sold so some of that comes back to space constraints if I'd had enough space to hang all of them I probably would have done that but yeah. it kind of worked out that I had enough space just to hang and show easily and I, I physically couldn't work out how I could hold the camera and rehang a painting with one hand, you know, I should have maybe roped the assistant in. So again, maybe that's advice for other people. If you're going to do it, have a practice run first. And if you've got somebody else as an extra pair of hands who can hang a painting on a wall or remove a painting from a wall. So while you're looking at painting on the left, they can be rehanging painting on hook over on the right out of camera shot. Whereas I just said to my family, can you go away and be quiet, please? <laughs> <laughs> what I absolutely, what inspired me, and so to take it away from 
just open studios what really got me excited was it was that first video when you were going through i absolutely love this you know this is this is what this is what how i created this or this is what happened and then i went this way i started to think oh you know it's not just open studios we can do this way you can do an exhibition this way yeah you can i could Instead of thinking, as I develop these Ted Hughes paintings, instead of thinking, where am I going to get a space and how am I going to, who am I going to try and get interested in this? And is it going to be a gallery or is it going to be a space I rent? And how am I going to get people there? It doesn't necessarily have to be that. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. And it doesn't also have to be a one-off big event only. So in the, the way you were showing your paintings and talking about them, that can be a weekly, monthly, short video uh, sent out to a subscriber list of what's happening with this project yep. and building up. So I could build up an audience of people interested in what I'm doing, share, th- share it with them on a regular basis, very informally without making it into a big deal. But then at the end of it, there could be an event online like yours, uh, but not but not build as open studios. This would be the exhibition. And you followed that journey. Well, at the rate I'm going, probably they'll have followed it for about 10 years before I finished. But so they've been with me for 10 years and they're like, oh, I want to see the paintings now. Yeah, um, that would be an amazing way to sell out for any of us. Yeah. And I I think that that mental obstacle of that we often have, I think with video is like, oh, I've got to do it and I've got to edit it and I've got to put music on and, you know, all of those kind of things. And yes, they do make beautiful videos, but like you said, they have a very different feel to them. So if you can, and I think there is a place for them. I think there is totally a place for them. Um, I don't have one yet like that on my website and I want one. I just haven't got around to doing it. But what we're talking about in this quite potentially quite short, quite informal. And what I discovered over the weekend was that if you do a Facebook live on your page, you can copy the embed code and you can put it in your, on your website really easily. You don't have to download it and save it and re-upload it anywhere. You can't do that from a group, but from, from a, Facebook live on your page so you can keep a track of it not only on a live video that you're doing just by turning up on a regular basis but you can also that then becomes a blog post which might have a category which becomes a whole section on your website so that anybody can go back they can check I mean it's you know studio EastEnders isn't it I think that that revelation of the recorded videos versus what you did that to me was the big light bulb moment, which I've kind of known, but I hadn't put I together. Because I've said to you before that I think unrehearsed and, and un... I mean, my free course videos were in COVID, first of all, so my hair looks terrible. I, I was busy and I didn't even bother with makeup. And after I watched them back, I thought, should I have really made myself look good for these videos? Because I look a bit like I've just fallen out of bed. But it hasn't bothered anyone. And in fact, I think it makes you more relatable. And any time that you're more human and normal, the glitzy, I realize now, specifically for me, because I'm not, I'm not glitzy anyway, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't ring true for me to do a beautifully edited. And when you, but when you said 
you want to make a video and put it on your website of your work, I was thinking, damn, I even made one. And it's not the most perfect video. I made one, but is it on my website? No, it's <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> so maybe I should put that on my website. That's a, just a bit of a revelation. But yeah, I just really believe in this, um, the personal touch of an authentic human. Not at the beginning days of internet selling, but now when we've all seen the glitzy, glamorous, well-produced, branded stuff, we want something more real. Yeah, but there is an issue here. And people said to to me, um, you make it look so easy. You know, I could never do that. I got, got a lot of messages like that, to which my reply was, it didn't feel that easy to me when I started either. Yeah. And actually within my membership, there is a thing when in the, in the welcome section, I don't, I'm not sure if I should give the secret away, but in the welcome section, when you complete the first kind of welcome and fill in your details tasks, there's a secret reveal, which is from a while ago, it's me trying to do a video. And uh, I think it might be on YouTube actually too, but yes, I think it is. I've seen yeah. it. Um, and it's me losing my words, forgetting what I'm going to say. But the thing is, that was me trying to do a pre-recorded video. And when you do a live video, it is just you and talk, talking. And I think to give people some tips, what I, what I would do if you want to have a go at this and you feel nervous, is give a couple of your friends a heads up that you're going to be doing it at a certain time. Let people know in advance that you're going to be doing it at a certain time so that when you pop up live, you want to be thinking straight away, right from the beginning, that you're talking to somebody who's interested in your work. So I might have, and it can be an imaginary person at the beginning, it really doesn't matter, but I don't want to start it off going, oh, hello, I've cut, oh, there's nobody here yet. Well, I'm just going to wait and see if some people come in. Because for people who are watching on the replay, which is most people, that's boring, A, and it doesn't, you don't feel very good. So you want to start doing it as if people are there listening right from the beginning and talk to, like imagine the best conversation that you've ever had with somebody. Imagine the friend of yours who goes with you to art class you know, imagine your best buyer from the last time you sold a painting or the painting that you last sold and you know somebody liked. Imagine that you're talking to that person about your work right from the beginning. And then it becomes easier. And of course, if people then do start watching and giving you uh, comments or questions, that helps prompt you. But I do think it helps, certainly helped me in the early stages. If I felt, right, I've gone, I've cleaned my teeth, put a bit of lipstick on, I've brushed my hair, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you feel good, you want to do that first. I tell you what I did at first as well. I made a private Facebook group, which I didn't give, well, only Phil, because you have to add one person. So I added my husband to it. He's not interested in watching me on video. He can see me anytime. So I just then practiced doing them into the private Facebook group, which no one could see. Oh, there's an even easier way of doing that. You don't even need to do that. How did you do? How did you... So you can do a Facebook uh, live stream to your personal feed, but you select the privacy settings to only me. Oh, right. And you're the only person that sees it. So it goes onto yeah. your, your personal profile, but it's not visible to anybody else. 
So you so don't you've got to make need... sure you press the right button. You've got to make sure it's going to the right thing, but you don't even have to go to the bother of setting up a group that way. What I think was so interesting um, or so important about the way you did it, though, that walking around talking about your work, the number one thing was how much you are enthusiastic about your own paintings mm. and how confident you are in the quality of them. And I could, there's, there's a danger in being authentic if you're not, you have to project that confidence when you talk about them. So you can't say, well, I like it. I don't know if anybody else will, but I really like it. Although I did say that about one of them. I said, oh, I, quite did you? Like, <laughs> I said I quite like this, but I don't know if it's finished yet. That's so why I haven't, I haven't varnished that one and I might take that one back to work. Uh, that's fine though. You didn't ever come across as uh, insecure. You came across as, I don't know if it's finished. I might do some more. It's different from, well, I like it. You know, yeah. in other words, I'm just saying people have to not no no tone of apologeticness about your work, no insecurity, no, I know it's not for everyone, but I love it. But you that comes back to the stage before, doesn't it? So people often ask, how do you know when a painting's finished? That's one of the reasons that I know when a painting is finished, when I feel I can stand up and talk about that like that about it because I really like it and I would want to keep it. And I think it's got to be worth what you think you're selling it for. Mm. And if it isn't, you shouldn't be framing it and selling it. Do you not think though, that there are people who truly love a piece of their own work? Yeah. Who truly would keep it and put it on their wall. Yeah. And who still doubt that maybe anyone else will who still feel like, okay, but maybe it's rubbish. I like it, yeah. but maybe it's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I think that is a, a, an issue for some people. Um, and if that's I thought case, you were talking more about people who weren't sure if they were... F- so you're talking, it's more about, I love it, but yeah, it's it worthwhile to anybody else. It, yeah, it's that tone of confidence that you had that struck me in the video. It was... It was really, if you had any doubts about anybody else loving anything, you weren't, gonna, you weren't even entertaining that. It was like your whole demeanor was, not um, in an arrogant way, but your whole demeanor was very confident in your own work and in what you were doing with it. And I think that's what's important. That's what's important when you're selling anything. You know, mm. you've got to be really sure that what you're offering, like you say, is worth what you're asking for it or or even feel like maybe it's worth even more than this because I think it's amazing it's a difficult thing isn't it because we're not encouraged to feel proud of things you know from a very young age you know pride pride's a sin like it's one of the great seven deadly sins right but actually you need to feel proud of what you do I know because if you don't feel proud of what you do other people aren't going to value it equally I said um, to someone the other day, someone said, oh, you seem to be doing, you know, you're doing very well selling this course. And I said, I'm really good at this. I'm not really good at lots of other things, but I'm really good at this. So that's why I'm doing well. And the person I said it to was like, huh, kind of, you know, a bit shocked that I had said something so sure. Um, just kind of, not even, it's just a bit of a like almost move backwards reaction that you've said you're good at something. Okay, so why then are take, we not allowed to say that? But then take that on 
a little bit further, whether it's art or what you want to teach or whatever it is, you, you haven't just stumbled upon that one day, it being the first thing you do. And this goes back to the conversation we had last week. This is a process of development and iteration and practicing at something and getting closer and closer and closer. And we've talked about this a lot in in couple in the previous few weeks whether it's something that you edge towards or you make a big jump towards and it can be a, a mix of both but it is this constant development of getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to the thing that's your thing and the way you do it and it becomes more unique and you know i certainly wouldn't have been able to do what i did at the weekend when i first started when i first started showing my work i, mm. I didn't have the well, I don't think the technology existed in the same way was the first thing. I didn't know about it. If it had and I did know about it, would I have been confident enough to use it? I think I would have been confident enough to have a go because at that time there wouldn't have been that many people watching. Yeah. And I, like I've spoken before about doing Periscope, which was only live streaming. So you had no choice. You didn't have to think, oh, do I do this as a recorded or live? It was live. That's what you did. Um, and there was a kind of release there. So I think some of the complication and confusion around this can come because there are so many different ways that you can potentially do it. We're always trying to work out, well, what's going to be the best way? What's going to be the best way? And the answer to that is the best way is the way that you actually do. Yeah, and just... then you can work it out and see, well, what would I do differently next time? Yeah, just make a choice, make a step, yeah. and then react to it like in a painting and then either it was right or it was wrong so then you do something to react to that but on a on a final note about this topic I just think it's completely amazing I still get stunned by what we're able to do compared to say even 20 years ago I mean we're able to have a basically a radio show and do it ourselves without any help we're able to make videos and live streams without any help. We're able to entertain people in groups using Zoom. We're, a- we're able to mail thousands and thousands of people. All of this was only available even 10 years ago to techie people. And it's all of it. And like you said, people say, oh, you make it look easy. No, it's really annoying to figure it all out. It's like oh, another thing I have to learn. Yeah. But, but it's so amazing that we have this opportunity no artist in history has had as much opportunity as we have today and in five years time there'll be even more opportunity yeah it's amazing it is so if we do do have a look if you and I think you know this was associated with an event that had a fixed date and it was quite nice to have that as a hook to hang it on and some of you've probably got things like that coming up and so I suppose the the learning on it that I would take from that is that you can do your own extra thing in support of whatever else is going on within that event as well um and like I say I think you know I did miss tricks in advance I could have done more of these in advance I could have done more to let people know what was going on I just was busy doing other things and um it didn't happen but and you know honestly I then went into it thinking well how on earth is this going to go because I haven't done all of the normal things that I would normally do or recommend in advance of something and it's 
embarrassing potentially like it's maybe even more embarrassing now that we've got you guys listening and people watching because if nobody turns up and buys anything then it's a flop isn't it i still have that yeah oh yeah it's even more so once people know you i mean i know it's a tiny number of people know us it's not like we're uh you know on national television but you have people who know you and who are watching and yeah at some point we one of us both of us are going to fall flat on our faces in front of everybody but then i think that's fine because that's life so anyway luckily this time you didn't fall flat on your face so that's good yeah so don't worry about falling flat on your face have a go with it (laughs) yeah you'll get better each time facebook live is by definitely it's definitely the easiest way of doing it. Oh, the other thing that I did just to talk to, to people about was um, if somebody emailed me with an inquiry about an, uh, a painting, um, if I know them on Instagram, I did uh, an Instagram video message, which worked really well. That was a really nice thing to do because, it, again, it felt a lot more like a natural conversation. I had some Facebook, some FaceTime live calls with a couple of people yeah um that was quite nice so again it's just another thing of just making it feel a little bit more natural the the painting demo was a little bit more complicated that was done through a live streaming service where i can connect up a a a video camera um that i use so that was a little bit more complicated um because you can't share your screen on facebook once you've started yeah or, or add in a second video so yeah that was that was another level up but you can do it with facebook i know we love to hate it but it's a useful thing i know people keep saying say to me can we you know on your course could you have a community outside of facebook somewhere yeah but it wouldn't work someone suggested whatsapp and she kept insisting that whatsapp would be as good and i was like no it just it doesn't do what we need nothing does what facebook does unfortunately no No. i mean facebook's grown so much hasn't it over the what they do and what you can do in groups and you know it has i was talking to somebody yesterday about oh something they were trying to do on a website that i was helping them with and they were saying oh unfortunately that's the only way of doing it it's really annoying i was like doesn't matter what what system you're on what platform you're on what service you're trying to do there's always some things that work really well and some things that are a bit annoying if you can't do anything about it live with it that's it that's it but don't worry about it or go and try and invent the perfect solution yourself otherwise stop moaning (laughs) i think that's um wrapped up that topic really well thank you for that alice i just found it so inspiring and speaking of inspiration what has inspired you this week um i think this really i think the fact that seeing that other artists are doing things so um somebody with somebody within my membership has been doing experimenting with an auction selling her work by auctions i'm seeing artists doing free courses paid courses and i just think the fact that we have all of this available to us it can be a little bit overwhelming but I like sharing it like so um uh, Gabe who was a coach with me last year on CVP he's 
putting together and I don't even know what's in it. I don't even know what it is that he's going to be sharing. So on Instagram, he is eight, the number eight paint and his name is uh, Gabriel Lipper. Um, and he's doing a course uh, and it's going to be about color mixing and he just mixes beautifully abstract feeling, abstract expressive marks in his painting and figurative work in a way that is really beautiful and that I am highly envious of. And I know that I can learn from. So, you know, I've been sharing that in my fruit group. I don't know what he's got coming at the end of it, but you know, I think there are things out there for everybody. Um, so I, I like when we work with that approach to helping other artists along the road. Yes, I agree. I, I don't, I, I shared Gabe's thing. Unfortunately, for people listening to this, his free thing will have happened that we're talking about. I will think. it have finished? I think the free one will have finished. Any, anyway, everybody, check him out because um, check him out on Facebook or Instagram because if it has, I presume there's something else coming from that. But I shared that into my group because, and, and I shared that into my group in the middle of selling my own thing because. Not everybody's going to want what I'm selling. That's fine. Gabe's amazing. His paintings are beautiful. And particularly, I've got a lot of representational people who took my free course and they might prefer to do something with Gabe. So, yeah. um, but it's so inspiring to see. I mean, he was uh, a coach on a course I took, so I knew him from that, but he didn't have his own courses online. He had them in person. And I saw somebody else, um, Jeanette Phillips, did some videoing of watercolor work and uh she said it was the first time and it's like a time-lapse video and she was offering personal tutorials done for you on video so I presume um look up Jeanette Phillips everybody to find out more because I don't know the details but I just thought oh that's a good idea as well so you want to know how to paint a flower in watercolor and she'll film film it for you and send you the film really good idea really creative and that actually my inspiration this week is about create the creativity that's happening at the moment in this lockdown it's uh, but different I don't know if you've watched the tv the show on iPlayer called staged no uh David Tennant and Michael Sheen so two of Britain's best actors and it's 15 minute episodes there's only six of them and they filmed it all in lockdown. And it, it's like this. It's like me and you on Zoom. Oh, okay. So, uh, they're in their houses. Both of their wives are actresses. So their wives play themselves. And they play exaggerated versions of themselves. Like David Tennant's wife said, if he was that pathetic, I would have left him by now. <laughs> um, but, uh, and Michael Sheen, play, he's always have, he's got a glass of wine and it's like 10 o'clock in the morning and his hair's all over. So they've kind of exaggerated themselves. But the point, and they just talk to each other. The idea is they're supposed to be rehearsing for a play that got cancelled. And so the director wants them to rehearse using Zoom um, so that when theatres reopen, they'll be ready to go. And there's various guest actors come in. There's Samuel L. Jackson and Judy Dench and other people are in it too, all on Zoom, all from their own houses. But what I, what really was, I found, and it's brilliant, it's hilarious, it's so, so funny. Do you know when there's a program where you don't stop smiling, like from start yeah. to finish? It's like yeah. that. And sometimes you laugh out loud, mostly you're just grinning. Um, but it, 
it's this idea which I, I always teach in the free course that I do about limitations in sp- giving creativity. So yeah, you get more creative when you've got limitations. They would never have made anything this good if they could be together in a room. Um, it's the fact that they have to be in their houses and come up with a way of doing something. And it's only 15 minutes, so another limitation. So they've put all these restrictions on it. And that's what's happening in this time with what's happening with artists, isn't it? It's, we're all limited. And so then you've got to start thinking of how you can get around that. And it's also this distillation of what it is that you do. And I think very often we, we look around and we look at other people and we see what they're doing. Um, I've just been looking at Jeanette's uh, link to put that in the show notes. And this idea that she's got about the painting and the videoing it for you, only she can do that yeah it's just so appropriate to what it is that she's interested in doing and the images that she creates so and I just love that that kind of confidence to go well this is what I want to do so this is what it's going to be yeah this this exactly suits me so I'm going to do that yeah yeah and then I'm going to do this my way instead of the way I think we learned we learned for many years or I certainly learned is find out the way the successful people do it and then do Mm. that. Mm. Um, And that's fine to a point, but you end up in a straight jacket of something that's not you. Mm. Whereas when you develop your own thing, it will never be like everybody else's thing. Mm. So no one needs to worry. So there's enough for everybody because I have a membership group. You have a membership group. You never once made me feel bad when I wanted to set up my own. They're totally different they'll i'm pretty sure mine will eventually feed into yours like the the the, there's there's just enough for everybody there's room for everybody to do their own thing Mm. in their own way good isn't it it is so i hope we've i think this has been quite an inspirational episode actually i hope we've inspired everybody to go find out what their thing is if they haven't found it yet yeah dip your toe in the water and have a go we're going to come up with a good title for today i think are we yeah (laughs) that sounded very confident now if if it's a rubbish title everybody remember alice was the one who promised a good title (laughs) now i think at the bottom of our show notes we have a section called call to action which over the last few weeks has been what's it been go and have a look at my open studio go and have a look at louise's free course anything today maybe our call to action is go and do something creative within your limitations love it Go and do something. Go and try something that you haven't tried before or don't just spend time thinking about it. Go and do something. So even if it is what I suggest, testing doing a Facebook Live to your own personal profile set only to you so that you've done it for the first time, something like that. And the thing is, you realize when you do it, nobody cares. I used to, we all so self-conscious Nobody cares in a bad way. I mean, nobody cares if you mess it up. Nobody cares if your hair look funny. Nobody cares if you've got your words because they're worried about their own problems and their own lives. So it's very freeing when you realize nobody's looking down on you. Nobody's going to go, oh, what an idiot. It just, that's not how it works. People are just, people are just going to think, wow, she did that. That's brave. I wish I'd done that. Or he did that. Yeah. Um, And also most people will click away. Yeah. Because they're not interested. Right. Amazingly enough, they're not interested in what we have to say. How could that be? <laughs> but 
But I remember that really upsetting me when I first used to look at the Facebook video stats. And you can have a look and you can see how many people watch at the beginning and then just go. (laughs) Off they go. When you just think, oh, well, never mind. What's wrong with you? (laughs) What do you mean you didn't want to stay for the whole 20 minutes? You got a life. Um, All right, well, I think... I think that's it for us from a very giggly, but hopefully inspirational episode. So we will see you next week. Okay. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Hi, and welcome to episode... Oh, I just have to say... You're a bit close. Hang on. I just have to say, looking like that. Yeah. I just have to say, not frightened about doing the openings now. I used to be like, oh, I've got to be in charge. I don't like it. Now, I'm just, yeah, it's fine. So it just shows. <laughs> so I'll start again. I'll start again. Hi, and welcome to episode seven. You're still a bit close. You're a bit like that, aren't you? Okay, but How I close are you? doesn't it go too faint? You know, we always know. have to have it quite close, I think. Otherwise, I go. I'm back here, it'll be too faint. Okay. Hi, and welcome to episode 77 of Archie's. This is Honest, Generous, and Humid... Nope. <laughs> those two words. You what? Human? Human? Are you human? <laughs> Surely not. Hi, and we- well... well uh, oh, yes. <laughs> this is tiredness. It's like, so funny. I'm not even thinking straight. Uh, Hi, and welcome to. Hang on, I got You were laughing. Right, I've got to start again. <laughs> okay, well, outtakes are sorted. <laughs> this is going to take a long time today. <laughs> <laughs>